Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. I'm your host, not Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by my guest, uh, Andre Seegers. <laughs> guest. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, yeah, guest. Well, you kind of sometimes feel like a guest on the podcast, because you're, right. you're, you're only intermittently on. Uh, but you've been you've been on the on the show more often recently. That's true. I've been picking it up, so I'm trying to make up for lost time. Well, you had to you had to review a little game uh, called Super Mario Odyssey in like five days, so I think you, I think you get a pass for that. Yeah, thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, so of course, when you know, I when I'm uh, I sometimes moonlight by my other name, Ash Paulson. You know, right now I'm going by not Derek Bittner, but uh, <laughs> that should but, be your, uh, yeah. I get to that should be your new uh, formal name, just in every I know. discussion. Yeah, not Derek Bittner. Well, I feel like Derek gets hosted. It's just become he's like the official kind of just he's the host yeah. of Real Talk. He, he just it's weird. I don't know the last time you and I did a Real Talk just the two of us. I feel like yeah, it's been a while. It, it's weird. I feel I don't remember when it's been, so it must have been a while. At the same time, <laughs> it doesn't feel that long ago either. But I know it has right. to have been. I don't know. It's weird. I, yeah, it's really weird. I guess we should mention real quick why Derek's not here. That's because he's been he's like. Knee deep in a six-hour stream of the Zelda DLC, I think. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's basically so he started streaming the Champions Battle last night, right after the Game Awards, right. and then he just basically continued the stream today. And you and I were thinking, well, you know, we should probably give him a break because that's a long stream. <laughs> so we figured we'd go ahead and knock out the podcast and, and give the poor guy a break. Exactly, especially because we're going to do a game or a Game Awards discussion too. I'm like, that's going right. to be too much for Derek. It's a lot of talking. <laughs> he's already been talking for six hours on the stream. You add to that podcast and the discussion. Oh man, it's too yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, what have you been up to for the past week or so? Uh not. I mean, not not too much. Um, I went to go see the Orient Express. I had, ne- I had never. I I didn't even realize oh, okay. it was based on a on a novel, apparently a famous one. <laughs> um, yeah, and had been made many times before. I knew nothing about that, so it looked kind of interesting based on the trailer. I saw it, and I, I it wasn't bad. It was it wasn't bad. <laughs> Um, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to spoil it, but the ending surprised me, so that was cool. It's just like okay. the lead up to it could have been better. I feel like I felt like they kind of dropped the ball a bit. But you didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it. That's right. That's a, okay. a glowing endorsement. Nice. That's your ringing endorsement yeah. right there. Um, well, I, I have to say, uh, on the topic of movies, a year or a year ago, a week ago today, I saw the Disaster Artist, and it was phenomenal. It was so good. Um, and I, you know, that, now my opinion may be colored by the fact that The Room is like my favorite awful movie of all time. I mean, it's such, it's so fun to watch. <laughs> but The Disaster Artist, it's really, it completely recontextualizes that movie and, and kind of helps you see what went into the filming of certain scenes and just completely changes the context of so many scenes. So if you're a fan of The Room at all, you need to go see this movie. And if you're not a fan of The Room, you need to fix that and go watch The Room however you can. Uh, because it's just, it is a celebration of just absolutely awful filmmaking, but in all the best ways. So I want to watch it only so I can watch the uh, documentary right now, so I can, uh-huh. you know, because apparently it is really interesting, especially with your praise for it. But the thing is for me, like, even, I can't even enjoy movies ironically. Like, I either, uh, like, it's either good or bad. If it's bad, I'm not going to like it. So. That kills me. I, you got, Andre, you cannot go see The Disaster Artist without first at least seeing part you know what okay i get it i understand not everyone likes bad movies but just go to youtube and watch like a highlights reel of all the best worst move uh moments from the room mm-hmm. before you see the movie just so you have some frame of reference for what you know is being talked about because it is so 
I mean, as good as James Franco is, he's fantastic, and Dave Franco, they both are, it's still not like watching the original movie in all its just badness. Mm-hmm. So definitely at least watch like a highlights reel on YouTube before you go watch The Disaster Artist. Okay. I'll see why. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, well, I have, uh, I forgot to mention, by the way, part of the reason why I saw Orient, uh, the Murder on the Orient Express, or Murder on the Orient Express, is because I just finally got my movie pass in a swift 109 days after ordering it. Um, what? 109? <laughs> 109 days. Um, it, it, only, it only took uh, me tweeting about it and getting one of the founders, I think, of MoviePass or one of the higher-ups to uh, contacting me via DM on Twitter to finally get in my way. Um, but yeah, the thing is, like, you know what? The wait is worth it because the thing is magical. Um, I paid for a $15 movie using a ticket or a uh, the pass that I spent $10 a month on. Um, so I made... so. The ticket, you know, so I the ticket itself is uh, more expensive than the pass, which is nuts to me. Yeah. Uh, so it's great. So I can go see a, the disaster artist now without like I, mean, I don't even care if I don't like it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't even matter yeah. anymore. It doesn't matter if I like the movie or not. I can exactly. Yeah. No, my wife and I have been hearing about this movie pass thing more and more in the, in the last couple of weeks, and we're totally on board. Like I didn't, I had no idea there was such a long wait to get it, but we're absolutely going to order ours because. I mean, we don't see movies all the time, but one of the reasons we don't go more than we do is just because they're so damn overpriced. Like, we just don't want to spend that much money to go see a movie. But this movie pass pays for itself after you've seen, like, a movie. six movies. No, or even no, a, a movie, movie, really. A movie yeah, pays that's for true. itself. A movie yeah. a month, and you already made it back, which is crazy. Yeah. Which is why you should get it ASAP, because who knows how long this thing will actually last for. <laughs> see, I had no idea that uh, they, were, they took so long to get, though. I don't so I don't think they're supposed to take that long, but oh, okay. the entire thing's been a kind of cluster mess. With um, like they basically when they announced the price, uh, they were inundated with people like uh, applying for ones. So I think a lot of people just got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, because there were people that ordered it far after I did and ended up, and ended up getting theirs well before me. So I think I was just one of those that got lost in the initial wave, unfortunately. Jeez, you know, we've this is like a trend for us lately. We've got companies who are really trying our patience. Like, they're really trying it. They they did this to you, and then we had this thing with uh, UPS recently with Sonic Forces where we tried to get Derek that copy of Sonic Forces, and, uh, like, we overnighted it to him, and they didn't get it to us on time, and they actually still tried to, to charge us the full price. And I, I, I went straight to the UPS store, and I'm, I just argued with them. I'm like, hell no. Like... <laughs> What? Because it got there on Monday, like the following Monday, and by then I had already played through most of the games. So, like, the the money we had spent to overnight that to Derek was completely wasted because what was the point so, after that? Yeah, we need to explain this, I think, real quick. So, basically, yeah. Derek was coming here to do the Xenoblade preview. <laughs> now, right before this, we found out that uh, a store you go to had early copies that you were able to pick up. And it's like, yeah. well, damn, we should get a hold of one of those. And you didn't have time yourself to cover it because you had... Some other plans going on that weekend. I think what it was is I was going. I was going to. Uh, I had a delayed Mother's Day trip with my mom, so I wasn't going to be able to be home to play it that weekend. Right. So our thought was, well, Derek's going to be here for three days, most of it doing nothing. You know, the Xenoblade preview itself is only a few hours. It's like, well, what if you overnighted the song game to us for Switch? You know, overnight it to us, and Derek can play while he's here, and it probably isn't too long of a game. He might be able to finish it and then do the review you know, before the game's even out. Because uh, Sega was not sending out early copies for this game at all. Like, right. no early press copies went out, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, so UPS totally dropped the ball on that. Didn't get it to us until, what, several days later, I think, uh, after yeah. you paid for overnight shipping. And at that point, Derek had already gone home, so there was literally no point for us to either A, buy the game, and B, especially not to ship it overnight to us, when it was of yeah. no use to us at all anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you fought them to get that full refund, because... 
Yeah, I mean, if they, if they promise something, if you're paying for that service to get it there overnight, and they don't they don't deliver that, uh, what's the point? <laughs> Why? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was so I was so pissed too because you know I went back once and they and I complained and told them the story and they initially promised me either a partial or a full refund and I was happy with that and they said it'll show up on your card within eh, seven days. I'm like, okay, I'll keep an eye out. And lo and behold, nothing, no refund showed up, as is, as is usually the case. And so I went back, or sorry, and then I got an email forwarded to me by some random UPS-like tech person saying, oh, you know, FYI, we don't issue refunds after 14 days, and you, you know, requested your refund on the 15th day. And I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Because I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, if you had told me that, you know, first of all, then okay, that sucks, but I get it. I missed my window. That's my fault. Fine. But hell no, you're not going to promise me a refund and then just forward me a random ass tech email saying, oh, by the way, he doesn't get that because he was a day late. I'm like, hell no. So I went back to the UPS store and I was like, look, I know this isn't your fault, but we're like totally ready to make this a social media thing. And that was enough to be like, okay, we'll give you the refund. And I'm like, why should, Why was it that hard? Just like all it took, all it took was a keep threat. Keep your promises. All it took was yeah. a threat of damaging their brand slightly. Right. You know? So between this and Movie Pass, I don't know. People are trying it with us right now. Yeah, huh? I know, right? They have it out for us, man. I don't know yeah. what's going on here. And then I think I, I'm sure I don't know if I ever told this before. Uh, maybe I have, uh, but like so. If I, I like these days. I generally love FedEx. Like FedEx has not screwed me over in quite some time. However, there was one instance back when Nintendo was shipping out the Wii U, uh, the Wii U's early, like for a press. Um, this was back when, we, you know, shortly after we had just started. Like, this is like two years into gaming's plan, so we were pretty young then. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I, I knew we were getting a, a Wii U in early, like a you know week or two early. And so I was waiting around all day for FedEx. And finally, their truck showed up, and I lived on a cul-de-sac. So I saw the truck pull up or, you know, start pulling into the cul-de-sac. So I was, you know, getting ready. I was waiting by the window so I could run down to meet him when he got out. He stopped in front of our house and started going downstairs. I get down there. He's already driving off. The dude didn't even get out of the truck. I'm like, what the hell wow. is this? So I literally call up FedEx at that exact moment. And I'm like, dudes, your truck just drove past me without even attempting to drop it off. So luckily they got a hold of him and he actually came back and he looked he looked like so sheepish when you got out when you got out really? of the truck. And yeah. So I don't know wow. so I don't know what his deal was. Like I don't know if he like in their system like if he just if he stopped long enough so their GPS tracking I think like assumed uh-huh. he tried to drop it off and just didn't at all, uh-huh. but yeah luckily I was able to get it that, that same day because that would put that would have just been really annoying if I hadn't gotten it then we would have been a day behind on coverage I think we we're already oh, yeah. behind so yeah it was just really frustrating. No, it's, it's, it is amazing to me that these shipping companies can play so fast and loose with, like, delivery dates. It's like, no, you know, these things, businesses and timelines depend on these deliveries. Don't promise what you can't deliver, right. literally. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know how, yeah, and it seems to be a thing that happens fairly often. It does, yeah, more often yeah. than it should. Well, on, on to more, uh, you know, positive topical matters. What, uh, what have you been playing over the past week? Dude, it's been, uh, it's just been Stardew Valley. Just, like, whenever I have a chance, I'm just playing <laughs> nice. Stardew Valley. I am in love with that game. Um, it's just, it's just a ton of fun. Like, it's addictive just trying to, you know, grow your farm. And I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit in me. That's why Harvest Moon spoke to me originally, and now playing this game, you know, speaks to me even more because it's like an updated version of Harvest Moon. See, I'm just I'm just adoring it. Like it's just a really nice. fun game. Every like small reward just feels really impactful in this game. Even if it's just like you can now, you know, cut down a tree slowly faster. It's like, oh that's awesome, man. That just bought nice. me an hour in this, you know, in of in game time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, besides that, um I don't think I've been playing much else. Like that's 
yeah, that's pretty much it. So I did try. I did try playing the uh, Zelda DLC a little bit that just came out. We'll probably touch on this more in our Game of the Wars discussion. But I'm not. I wasn't too interested when I saw or when I played. I was turned off pretty much immediately by it. So. Yeah, I, I I don't. I've been trying to avoid like too many like in depth spoilers because I I kind of want to experience it for myself. But at the same time, what I've heard so far isn't all that promising, and certainly not what I think a lot of people were expecting from this mm-hmm. DLC pack. So it's hard to say because I I haven't heard too much about what lies at the end after all the you know the new shrines and such that I guess you can do. So you know I don't know how in depth it gets into in terms of like new story content and that new dungeon i really don't know because i've been trying to avoid you know relative spoilers but yeah the the word in the street kind of feels like it's just not what people necessarily were expecting yeah i mean i mean i i don't think any of us fully knew what to ex- i mean obviously we didn't, know, we, we didn't know what to expect it tended to nothing <laughs> and this actually yeah. kind of speaks now to like i feel a little bit vindicated now in at least for me based on my disappointment from what i've sure. seen and played but I feel a little bit vindicated now in my DLC opinion. You know, when we were arguing about it, hashing it out, um, right. just you know, I was I wasn't a big fan of how Nintendo was going about the announcement for it because it kind of for the full value of it, you were kind of you know you had to invest in it early on uh, in order to use the early content before you beat the game really. Um, but right. that was on the vague promise of the story DLC living up to the hype or whatever hype there was, and. From what I've seen, it doesn't. Like, it's not at all what I expected. Like, when they, I forget the exact words they used, but they called it something like story-based DLC or like a story edition yeah. or something. I don't even remember. It was so vague. But based on that alone, it's like, okay, well, they'll probably go a little bit heavier on the story. And from what I've seen, they barely do. That's um, what it sounds like. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I... And that's the thing. It's like, I, I think I was hoping, of course, I think a lot of people were hoping that, uh, you know, this DLC would add at least a little intrigue into Breath of the Wild's, you know, otherwise relatively pedestrian story, in my opinion, at least. And it doesn't seem as if it does that. Um, now, that said, I, you know, I have to be completely honest. I haven't touched Breath of the Wild since I initially finished it. And that was well before the first DLC pack came out. So I haven't had a chance to really delve into it yet. But I did uh, boot it up today with all the new updates and such. And I got to say, I, I got, uh, I started getting a little, you know, like my heart started racing, seeing all these new quests become available. And I'm like, okay, you know, I can go look for hints for this new clothing, your know, costume here and hints for this thing here. And I'm kind of get excited to delve back in and at least see what it's all about, but I'm not sure if it's going to like blow me away. I don't I don't expect it to. I'd be I'd be a little bit surprised if it does. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I like I honestly don't know if I'm even going to do Trial of the Sword. Like I might mess around with it, but I do want to focus on Champion's Ballad and just see I think for myself if I feel like there's some value there story-wise because that's really what I'm most interested in mm-hmm. at this point. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but uh We'll see. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to having that, like revisiting that conversation about the DLC once we've had a chance to like all play it and digest it. Uh, Since Derek is doing that right now. Yeah, I mean, I've been I'm watching Derek's stream right now. Actually, like, oh, are you okay? He he just beat it, I think, as far as I can tell. So that was about eight hours, I think, in total. Like a six-hour stream today, I believe, roughly. Uh, Maybe okay, but maybe not quite. No, about six hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Plus two hours yesterday, so um, or two and a half yesterday. I will say it does seem to be, you know, the both DLC packs one and two, but especially the second one, does seem to be a pretty significant chunk of content time-wise. So, you know, I, I, I obviously... Hate, I hate yeah. looking at games that way. Like, yeah. that just encourages them padding it out and making something longer than it should. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I mean you're right. In terms, in terms to, of yeah. hours, like, if that's the only value you're looking to get out of this, then yes, it's not a bad deal, I suppose. 
Um, but I mean, for me, like, it looks like more of the same. Like, I mean, right. One of the things with this is you're getting like a bunch of new shrines with it. And the thing is, for me, like, there's already a bunch of shrines in the game I still haven't played. It's like, well, I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't feel inclined to beat them. You know, the ones already left. Why do I want even more shrines to deal with? I mean, I granted, I know some people out there probably finish all the shrines and want more, and that's cool. But for me, like, I was hoping for something different, and it basically looks like more of the same. And that's not what I want yeah. now. Like, I want something new, a different spin on it or something. Um, you do something, you know, new with the world, and they don't seem to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you, and, uh, I mean, I am actually one of those people. I did all 120 shrines and actually really enjoyed the vast majority of them, so I'm not... Personally, I'm not necessarily turning my nose up at the idea of more shrines. I think that sounds pretty cool. On the other hand of that, though, I also agree with you. I was hoping that maybe in addition to some more shrines, they would do something that really would change up what we've seen in Breath of the Wild. I mean, already, straight up, Breath of the Wild has among my least favorite dungeons across the entire franchise. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of hoping they would do something a little more with that and just, you know, just something that I wasn't necessarily expecting, kind of like what you were saying. But that doesn't seem to be the case Except for the Master Cycle Zero, which I'm not going to lie, that is a really freaking cool surprise. Uh, yeah, well, before Nintendo announced it. <laughs> I mean, or rather, if they hadn't announced it, it would have been a cool surprise if you finished it. Well, yeah. yeah. But I just mean in terms of, you know, we had no idea it existed, or they were even thinking about something anywhere in that sphere before they revealed it last night. And I think that's pretty cool. I'm like, okay... I want to ride around Hyrule, <laughs> you zip around in that cool, like, bike. I'm watching Derek play now. It does look pretty fun. Just like, Does it okay? It. Yeah. Nice, um, nice. I mean, I think the downside, though, is, like, the way they slot the DLC in, you're effectively done with the game. I mean, most people probably already are, obviously. But by the time you can access this content, you already have to be done with the game anyway. So it's like, how much value can you, can you really get out of that motorcycle if you've already, you know, explored the world and gone, and you've gone most everywhere you need to? Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of where I find myself, too, is, like, I, I basically completed the game to what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. doing all the shrines and stuff, so, yeah, I don't know how much it's going to pull me back in, and we'll see how I feel about this Champion's Ballad stuff, but I am going to try to at least delve into it this weekend and kind of start getting a feel for it. Yeah, right on. Curious to see your thoughts on it. Yeah, me too, and otherwise, I, I also haven't had a whole lot of time to play games in the last week, unfortunately. It's just been kind of a crazy work week, and uh, of course, Southern California is going up in smoke, so <laughs> you know, I've been kind of uh, on call to... We, uh, we personally don't have much of an evacuation risk, because we're located pretty centrally within LA, but my parents live in the mountains, so I've been kind of on call to you know go up and help them you know evacuate, pack stuff up, and it's just been kind of a crazy week with all the fires here. Um, but I did get a chance to start delving into the beginning of Near Automata, and I'm super excited to play more of it. I, I'm already hooked into the story. I'm loving the soundtrack. Um, as I've said before, you know, people have been whispering in my ear all year, dude, Ash, you've got to play this game. And I was like, I know there's, I just have too much else to play. And then I made the mistake of playing the demo and I'm like, yeah, okay, I got to play this. So I'm trying to, to make as much, uh, progress in that before game of the year discussions start. But, uh, you know, it's, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's, it's, uh, we're coming up to that time and I'm still at the very beginning of the game. So, uh, we'll see, but, um, yeah, that's really what I've been doing gaming wise, uh, other than, you know, hyping myself, myself up over Mega Man 11. <laughs> yeah. You can't shut up about it. You have exactly. like, you have like five news stories in our... <laughs> I know, right? I just kept like I just I was just like typing Mega Man Eleven, Mega Man Eleven all down the news <laughs> list. But uh well I guess that serves as a perfect segue into our news. Um and I guess I'll go ahead and lead right off with 
Mega Man stuff. I'm not going to go too in-depth because we had those discussions throughout the week as Capcom revealed things. But uh, the big news, of course, is that Mega Man 11 has been announced for all current generation consoles, including including Nintendo Switch. Um, and in addition to that, all eight Mega Man X games are going to come to every current generation console. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be in a, co- in a collection necessarily or individual releases, but they are coming. And finally, uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2 are finally indeed coming to the Switch. Uh, I think sometime spring 2018. So um, bef- a year from now, you're going to have like 19 Mega Man games to play. <laughs> uh, me- well, that's 19 Mega Man classic games. To- no, yeah, like, yeah, about almost 20 Mega Man games to play on your Switch alone, which is pretty sweet. That's pretty nuts. So how long do you think it'll take you to play through all of them again? Oh, not not at all. I absolutely <laughs> will do like a Mega Man one through ten marathon before eleven. Live stream? Are you gonna live stream? Oh, I, I can. Yeah, maybe. I didn't last time because I, I think that was before. Yeah, that was before my Game Explain days because Mega Man ten came out in two thousand ten, which was seven years we ago. Had just so. Yeah, we were just starting then. Yeah, so I just you know for myself, I played through Mega Man one through nine just to get myself ready for ten. But I think this time I want to do like a live stream of Mega Man one through ten. To get like you know myself completely hyped up for Mega Man Eleven, you should. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a lot of fun. That would be fun. So uh, going back to the legacy collections on Switch, they are getting some new stuff in there, or at least they're being brought up to parity with other versions. So uh, I've heard they're going to have like the two hundred extra pieces of concept art and such that were only in the 3DS version of Legacy Collection 1. So they're going to add all that stuff in. They're going to add like a rewind feature to Legacy Collection 1. And uh, I guess they're also adding Amiibo support to uh, both games. So there you go. Yeah. Have they, right, have they, have they announced say. what Amiibo do? Like what? Yeah, I, well, I was going to say, I should say that the 3DS version of Legacy Collection 1 is already compatible with the Mega Man Amiibo, and it just unlocks, you know, a few additional timed challenges, you know, for like the the special challenge mode. Oh, okay. Uh, so, but they have not said what the Amiibo support will do in Legacy Collection 2 yet. So, lots of cool stuff to look forward to for Mega Man fans next year, which is nice something pace, I'm right? really happy to say. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you were saying you felt vindicated earlier about the DLC stuff. I feel vindicated after all this time saying, guys, Mega Man's not dead. I mean, yeah, it sucks he hasn't had a game in seven years, but come on, he's everywhere. <laughs> and I always had a feeling it was just a matter of time. And uh, lo and behold, I mean, Mega I, Man's back. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it almost always is just like a matter of time with any like long-lasting franchise like that. Like, I mean, I think it's just a matter of time before we get another F Zero. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it's going to happen <laughs> yeah. someday. I was about to say tell F Zero fans that, but I'm like, you <laughs> I know, just at did. The same time, yeah, I know. I went. There. Yeah, do you think an F Zero game, like a new F Zero, is a foregone conclusion though? I oh kinda, yeah, Mega Man. I I always thought was. I I guarantee you. Like I mean, yeah. like I mean, if you really want to broaden it, like within the next ten years, we'll definitely get an F Zero. I think. Yeah. I mean, I hope it would be sooner than that, but I think it's just a matter of time. Like you know, they'll look at an old IP. It's like, oh, we can bring this back. I mean, yeah. even who like who expected Kid Icarus to ever come back, and that came back. So that's true. Yeah. yeah. Very good. After like twenty years. So yeah. Very good point. Um, and just keeping things on the uh, Mega Man news track for a little bit longer, uh, we did just find out today that Mega Man Eleven is definitely going to get a physical release, which I'm overjoyed about because that is exactly the kind of game i'd want to own physically and i'm going to own it on every console i can anyway so uh yeah well i don't know about that but at least one physical uh copy out there for sure and uh yeah and they capcom has also said it's definitely going to be less than 60 dollars, which does make sense for a Mega Man game especially if it's a Mega Man game that's you know about as long as classic Mega Man games are known to be so I, I didn't think there was any way they could release like Mega Man 11 in the modern gaming sphere for 60 bucks yeah, well, why do you think that is? 
I mean, I think, it, unfortunately, I think it comes down to game length, you know, which is, I, I know you and I don't like to look at things like that, but right. I think a lot of consumers do. And, you know, Mega Man games are usually fairly short, but it's hugely replayable. But that's just not the kind of model that, that's easy to sell in a $60 package. Do you think they can make a longer Mega Man and sell over 60 at some point? I think so. And I mean, and I, I'm hoping that Mega Man 11, and I said this in my discussion with, with Derek, I'm hoping that 11 is not just eight stages and like four Wily stages. Mm-hmm. I do hope they kind of play with the format a bit and, and make it closer to some of the longer Mega Man games out there, like, you know, four, five, and six, or like some of the Zero games. Like, I feel like a, a meteor Mega Man game that's last like six to eight hours feels about the right length to me, or maybe four to six hours on a replay. But I don't know if that's what we're going to get with, with the classic series. So we'll see. Have they ever made a Mega Man where you can just play as a Robot Masters? Yeah, they did, actually. Uh, Mega Man Powered Up was a remake of Mega Man 1 released for the PSP, and you could play as all six original Robot Masters from Mega Man 1, as well as the two new ones they kind of retconned in to make it an even eight, uh, like the other games, uh, Time Man like, and Oil Man. That's a pretty awesome idea, I'll say that. So, that yeah, I'd, I'd love to see them do, revisit that idea. They yeah. were going to make Powered Up a whole series, actually, and and you know remake the whole series like that and presumably allow you to play as every robot master in each game but it just never happened huh yeah that, seems like, that seems like a really cool idea so i'm actually surprised I'm, I'm both surprised it exists i had literally no idea about that <laughs> and it's cool that it is but that they haven't really explored it farther than that or further well than the, that. It, it was the psp the psp was just tanking at the time like there was no market share and they were psp it was like early games. well psp was doing psp did pretty well though i thought overall I, th- I mean, in, in the I think in the U.S. it did okay, but I don't know how much of a market there was for you know PSP exclusive Mega Man games. Oh well, yeah, I mean that's true. <laughs> yeah, a few and, asterisks and, there. Yeah, exactly. So unfortunately, they just never got the audience they deserved because they were both great games, that yeah. and Maverick Hunter X. But you know, say la vie. Yeah. But um, yeah, and so we've got quite a, a kind of a wide ranging spectrum of news here. The one that really really stands out to me next is. We've got our Detective Pikachu, and it's Deadpool, essentially. <laughs> it's, it's Ryan Reynolds, of course, but when I think Ryan Reynolds, I think Deadpool, and I'm sitting over here like, what? It's so random, and yet <laughs> it, it, make, it makes no sense, and I love it for that. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the entire idea of Detective Pikachu, both in game and movie concepts, makes no sense to me. So I'm cool with them going just balls to the wall with the idea, make it as weird as possible, and I, I just want to see what happens with this. I don't know what to expect at all, so I'm very curious to see uh, if it ends up actually being good. But, hey, the weirder the better, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even... It's hard for me to even imagine this. Like, when I when I think Pikachu, and I think Pikachu talking or making sounds, I've never, ever thought of Ryan Reynolds. So <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm really excited to see how he manipulates his voice, because if he doesn't... That's just going to be weird if we have a Pikachu that just talks like Ryan Reynolds sounds. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to expect, but like you, I'm on board just for the sheer weirdness of it, and uh, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what's. I really, I literally have no idea what the movie's what this movie is going to be like. So I just want to yeah. see what happens here. I really, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to do well. I hope I'm wrong. You know, maybe it'll be fantastic, but I, I'm, I'm having trouble picturing this movie being something that blows people away. Yeah, I mean, I am too. I know Derek is super excited about it. He's been like 
hyping up this movie since before there was even a Western release confirmed, or I think even you know before was, they were really even talking about mm-hmm. it. So I know he's super excited about this. I'm kind of more on the fence, like you. I I want to see it just for the curiosity factor, yeah, right. but I'm not like I'm not like ready for Detective Pikachu to come out. You know. You know, I take it back about what I said about you know liking movies ironically earlier. I'm pretty sure I could like a bad a <laughs> bad Detective Pikachu movie. Yeah, there you go. As yeah. long as it has Detective Pikachu voiced by Ryan Reynolds, you can. Appreciate a bad movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Takes. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, it turns out to be something fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think at the least it probably would be fun. If it's not fun on any level, then they completely drop the ball. That that is for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, speaking of random weirdness, this kind of came out of left field, but um, in China, they're going to start adding Wii and GameCube games to the Nvidia Shield, mm-hmm. which is just okay. Uh, that's really cool, especially for Chinese Nintendo fans. But where did this come from? Yeah, that is totally out of left field. Um, it's interesting too that applies to the Nvidia Shield, which basically uses the exact same hardware as a Switch. It uses the <laughs> same uh, Tegra chip, I believe. It yeah, is. the Tegra. I think it's like a modified ver. The the Switch uses a modified version of the Nvidia Shield's Tegra chip. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that like they're effectively the same. Like I oh are they okay? Yeah, pr- okay. To my understanding, like I think any mod- modifications are extremely minor. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty okay. sure they're. Super similar. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the more, the more exciting thing about this is the fact... Well, so a couple things. Um, one, these games are apparently being streamed, I believe. They're not being played on the hardware itself. So it doesn't really lend any credence to them coming to Switch in the form of Virtual Console or any more uh-huh. than we had already suspected that. Uh, with that said, the cool thing is these games are being played in HD, apparently. So they are, uh, to my understanding, um, upscale... Or not upscale, even. I think they are rendered natively at 1080p and then being streamed to your to your device so i i do hope that that itself speaks to the future for the switch but i would love to see those games in hd we've already seen we've got taste of that already with people emulating it on the dolphin emulator and some of these games look great they hold up yeah uh, oftentimes um and i would love to see you know i i hope we see more of that for the switch itself in terms of this though the news itself for the planet for uh, as it applies to china I mean, I think that's cool, you know? Um, Nintendo doesn't really have a huge presence there, as far as I know. So this does seem to be a good way to get, you know, people there, allow them to play your games. And for 10 bucks to play, you know, uh, apparently the games are going to be selling for uh, $10 USD, um, or whatever, you know, the equivalent is there. Right. But 10 bucks per game, that's not bad for some of these titles. No, not bad at all when you consider the confirmed titles so far. There are four, and they are New Super Mario Brothers Wii, Super Mario Galaxy, Punch-Out!, and uh, Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. When, all of which, I mean, that, that's a pretty good lineup, especially for 10 bucks per game. I mean, I know you and I aren't the biggest Twilight Princess fans. You and I have talked about how we're kind of lukewarm on that one, on that particular entry in general. But for 10 bucks, damn. I mean, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, those games, especially the games they have here, which I believe... Did you say what they are already? Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Um, like, most of those hold up. I mean, I would say New Super Mario Brothers Wii didn't hold up from day one. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, Mario Galaxy is still fantastic. So, playing that for $10 is, yeah, that's that's pretty great. Yeah, no, it really is. And, uh, you know, I, the news actually says there are Wii and GameCube games coming to NVIDIA Shield. So, I don't think these four games are not the last of what we're going to see. On uh, you know on the shield in China, like it sounds like they're going to get GameCube specific games and perhaps more Wii games too. Uh, like you know, kind of touches on what I said earlier. Like uh, I would love to see 
Like, I would love to see the GameCube games re-rendered or remastered in HD. Donkey Kong Country Returns would be oh, amazing yes. in HD. Like, it's hard to... I mean, it looked amazing when they came out, but it's hard to go back to after playing Tropical Freeze. It is. So, if they ever released a dual pack of those two games together for the Switch, oh my god. Oh, I'm hell yeah. all about that. And I, I just hope that we see some footage of this coming out of China, because I'm, I'm really genuinely curious to see how much, you know, actual work Nintendo has done in terms of this remastering process. I'm expecting pretty much the bare minimum. Oh, I'm sure But I still it think it's, yeah, but I mean, I still think it's pretty cool that these games are going to be output in 720p or 1080p and just, you know, optimized to run faster too. Yeah, the only the only thing I could see them possibly changing, and maybe we already know if they are or not, I, I'm not sure how much is known about this, but the only thing I could see them possibly changing is updating the HUD elements, uh-huh. like, which, which would probably look pretty poor in HD. That's a good point. Just sprites. Yeah. Um, or flat images. So beyond that, I think they are just straight up up or beyond possibly that, I think they are just straight up upscaled games. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, switching gears for a second, uh, for you fighting game fans out there, at the Game Awards last night, uh, Soul Calibur Six was finally announced. Um, Soul Calibur Five was released, or I think it was almost five years ago now, or something. It's been it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think a lot of fans were waiting for this series to to return. You know, it's really. Soul Calibur did the whole 3D weapons-based fighting thing first and best, I would say. I think they did it first, and they definitely did it best. I mean, it had to return, right? Isn't the whole idea is it's, it's a tale eternally retold? Or? <laughs> exactly. The soul <laughs> yeah. still burns. I, I do love how they ask, they open that up, like, hey, we have just one fans for you fighting, or one question for you fighting game fans out there. Does the soul still burn? And I said that before. I was like, I know what's coming. Yep. I know what he's about to ask, and I was so happy. because <laughs> you know. Like most fighting games, I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at Soul Calibur, but I actually really enjoy Soul Calibur. Um, I always have, just from just watching it or just messing around and playing casually. I find it to be a lot of fun, so I definitely will be keeping a close eye on Soul Calibur Six. I had a blast with Soul Calibur Two. Um, that yeah. was just a really fun game, and you know it, it, that one appeared on the Nintendo platforms. And unfortunately, this one so far isn't announced for Switch. Yeah, which is. Uh... A little surprising. I mean, it is and it isn't. I guess if they're really trying to go with a graphically intensive game, it makes sense that it isn't on the Switch. But at the same time, you know, Namco's had enough time to see now how successful the Switch has become. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe a Switch port is something they're considering down the road. Or, you know, maybe it's just something they'll do a few months later. I think some people um, are holding out hope for a separate Switch announcement, complete yeah. with a console-specific character. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I think might be, you know, yeah, because Soul Calibur does have a history of console-specific characters, not just from 2, but really going up all the way through games like Soul Calibur 4, where you had Yoda on one console and Darth Vader on the other. That's right, yeah. And so, then, yeah. And then Jar Jar Binks in the third version. <laughs> Jeez, God. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, you know, the, the series does have a history of console-specific characters, and, of course, they haven't said really anything about the character lineup uh, at all so far, other than the fact that Mitsurugi and uh, Sofitia are returning. Mm-hmm. And I guess they did tease a new character, and, uh, yeah, so we don't really know much about the character roster um, in terms of... Uh, where's my boy Killicat? I know, K- Killick is sure to return, though. I think he's been a pretty much a mainstay. I don't think he's missed an injury. No, he has to, yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. He's got the The one I'm stick. hoping, exactly. <laughs> the, the one I'm hoping for, my favorite character from the series, got cut in 5, and she was introduced in 2, and that's Talum. So I think I and a lot of other Soul Calibur fans are really hoping to see Talum return. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what I'm going to be looking out for. All right, well, here's hoping for you, then. <laughs> yeah. And um, this is kind of, I guess we'll, we'll round things out uh, really quick by just talking about how... 
this has been a good news for, or a good week for surprise DLC. Not only is uh, the, the Breath of the Wild DLC Pack 2 surprise released last night, which we've kind of already gone over, but Mario and Rabbit's co-op DLC also just kind of came out out of nowhere this yeah, week. Yeah, totally out of nowhere. Yeah. Free update for local multiplayer. It's cool. Like, I looked at the trailer, I'm like, that looks like a lot of fun. The problem is, it's not online, and yeah, you know, it's. I mean, I can't complain too much about it. But it's free, and we didn't even know this existed, as far as I know, until yesterday. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's like, man, I don't know how much use I'll get out of it if it's not online. So it feels a little bit like. Uh, I mean, it, I, it almost feels like maybe they wasted some efforts here, if uh, or their effort, I should say, if it's not online, because I don't know how many people are going to be, be able to play this game locally. I'm sure, yeah, you know, maybe younger kids can but as an adult that's a lot harder to do these days no i I completely agree i mean it i love that this is a free update and i love when games are supported like this and then you know get that kind of really cool quality of life functionality added to them especially at no extra cost to the consumer but i just feel like yeah as you're saying the way they've gone about implementing this i feel like it's you know its usefulness is rather limited Mm mm-hmm but, you know, I mean, if I ever get a chance to play Mario and Rabbids, and I know I need to, I want to, it's just yeah. you know, one of those things I never got a chance to get around to, but I know it's something, uh, it's the kind of game that my wife would really be into as well, and I was actually kind of disappointed to hear that there was no co-op uh, when the game first came out. Not like, oh, I hate this game, disappointed, but like, oh, that's too bad. So now that it has it, that actually, you know, I'm one of those very few people to whom that could really apply, because, you know, my wife and I could play it together, and I think we'd have a lot of fun. Well, uh, hold on. I think the game actually does have co-op. This is the versus mode they're adding. Oh, I thought, okay, I thought the co-op mode, though, that they, or whatever multiplayer mode they had at launch was like a separate, you don't get to play through the story. It's like a separate. Oh, it is a separate mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just realized, by the way, I miswrote in our dog. I wrote co-op instead of versus, so sorry about that. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> so yeah, this is a versus mode, and I think that's really cool, but that's why I want to play online, so. Yeah. No, that's true. No, no, okay, if it's a versus mode, then that's really unfortunate that it isn't on uh, online mm-hmm. yeah but yeah the game's fun you should try it out so i think uh you and your wife might really enjoy it yeah i've heard but it's also pretty long too right like it is pr- it's surprisingly lengthy so yeah that's the thing it's just i need i need more time if, if i could just not sleep whoever said we need sleep anyway like it's yeah, well, sleep it's a waste right i'm, I'm, try- <laughs> I'm trying that right now based on last yeah. night and it's not going well because i'm about to pass out can so. you believe how much more efficient <laughs> we would be if we didn't need sleep you know i mean i totally agree with that on the other hand i feel like you need that break, right? You do, yeah. Because I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, not, because not it even, wasn't not even huh? just. I mean, not even to recover physically. Like you just need that discreet break in your day where you can separate things. Like, if, if life was just like one long nonstop thing, I'd probably go mad. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. Plus, you know, if we didn't have sleep as like a biological need baked into our culture, it, it would just be made up for the fact that by like employers, we would have just like you know, we'd be working all the time. Oh, that's true too. Good point. <laughs> we wouldn't that awake time wouldn't just be oh time to chill. They'd be like no, let's get you know sixteen hour workdays in, guys. Come on. Yeah. And it would totally break the entire day night cycle of uh, Stardew yeah. Valley or Harvest Moon. Well, they can't have that. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. crucial. So maybe not the best idea. Yeah, perhaps. Well, I'm going to round out this week's news with a kind of a rapid-fire lineup of three RPG news bits. I know, Andre, you're not a big RPG guy, so I know you won't have a ton to say about these. Uh, Were we just not talking about Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle? Gosh, Ash. Is that an that That's more of a strategy RPG, though. And it's based on Mario, which I feel like... You said RPG, right? Or did you say JRPG? Yeah, Yeah, I guess, guess, yeah. But would you really even be into Mario Rabbids if it didn't have the Mario part? 
Um, I mean, if it played the same, but I, I, I'll, I will admit, like, I'd be less inclined to try it out because yeah, the rabbits by themselves can be a little bit obnoxious. So. What if it was like, what if it was like Final Fantasy rabbits? Oh uh, yeah, that that that'd, that'd probably be a turn off actually. Yeah, you, uh, that no, that'd be a turn off to I think anyone. Like that sounds awful, doesn't it? Well, Mario and Rabbit sounded awful. Well, good point. A lot of people argued Mario and Rabbit sounded awful. I was always intrigued by the I, by the idea. I'm like, you know what? That sounds stupid enough. It could work, and sure enough, it worked. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if, if crazy crossovers like that can happen, who's to say that uh, a year from now we're not gonna you know, we won't have Final Fantasy 15 DLC celebrating the Rabbits or something? Actually, you just reminded me, I was on the Nintendo World uh, Report podcast, or not podcast, like a, a charity stream they were doing about a week ago, and the topic I was on, they had like hourly topics, and the one I was on was just crazy crossovers, and they had this random generator that <laughs> combined Nintendo IPs with something else completely random, oh, sometimes God. with each other, or Final Fantasy, whatever else, and we got some amazing ones. Oh, so I that, I think that segment's archived on their website, so go check it out if you want to just hear some crazy crossover ideas, and then we... You talk about how that could work. Um, nice. We had like we had like Wii Sports and Far Cry, <laughs> so we're trying to imagine how that would work as a game. Oh my god, it was pretty great. That's fantastic. Yeah. That sounds like it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a really fun segment. Nice. Well, keeping in theme uh, with this week's overall motif of surprise DLC, uh, I'll just go ahead and talk about really quick about how Final Fantasy 15 is getting yet another update uh, that's coming out on December 12th, and we knew this uh, because that's actually the release of Episode Ignis, which is the last uh, extra playable episode focusing on Noctis's fellow party members. However, the surprise element is that we're also getting character switching for the main game. So, you know, when I played the game back when it came out at launch, you could only play as Noctis. The, the whole game was kind of, you know, centered on what Noctis could do, and you really only directly controlled Noctis, and you would uh, issue orders to his, you know, to the party members. That is no longer the case. You can now control all four party members uh, the way they play in their respective DLC episodes uh, throughout the whole main game. So, you know, I gotta say, say, you know, say what you will about Final Fantasy XV, what you like about it, what you don't like about it, but Square has really done an amazing job uh, keeping this game updated, continuing to fill in the little holes that the you know the original version had which you know you could argue that maybe they shouldn't have had those holes in the first place but you know they have really done a great job supporting the game with free updates much like Splatoon uh you know stuff like that so it is really cool to see these you know serious quality of life updates being added to this game a year now after launch yeah, the difference with between it and Splatoon though, Splatoon is a multiplayer game, whereas this is a story-based oh. single-player game. Um, so it's cool they're doing those updates, but it does kind of like invite the question of: Are you better off waiting to play some of these big games because they get improvements down the line? Um, to some degree, that's even happened in yeah. Breath of the Wild, having you know uh, performance updates, and then if you count the DLC, they did add a couple of like items that you might find useful in your first playthrough. Yeah. So it is weird how if you hold off, like these days, you may actually want to hold off on playing a game because you, you'll probably get better experience, uh, you know, maybe a year down the line. Well, you definitely, yeah, you make a good point there. I would only, I would only say that uh, Final Fantasy XV was a single player only game. It actually, uh, not too long ago, did just get a complete, like a full multiplayer mode added. And as part of this December 12th update, they're also adding free new features to that multiplayer component. So, you know, just to, to go to swing the pendulum back the other way, they are really adding a ton of content, yeah. including a, a whole new multiplayer mode. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. That's cool. Definitely. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm just looking forward to playing Episode Ignis. I, I would love to replay the entire game, being able to switch between all the party members, but what am I going to find the time to do that? <laughs> it's never yeah. going to happen. Have you even started Xenoblade Chronicles 2 yet? 
Oh, I don't even have Xenoblade Chronicles 2. <laughs> I don't even... Like, I might play that. I want to, but when? Yeah. When it's... am I possibly going to play that? Yeah. Good, yeah. good luck with that. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of something I hope I get to I have time to play early next year, uh, the Secret of Mana remake that's uh, coming out, I believe, in February, is going to get a limited physical release uh, on PS4 by way of GameStop. So I'm not the biggest fan of shopping at GameStop ever. I go out of my way to avoid ever walking to a GameStop, but I love my Square Enix titles. I do love Secret of Mana. I might have to go for this physical edition. You know, it's funny. I'm totally on a tangent here. You always hear about, about these horror stories with with uh, GameStop. I've had... I've, maybe I'm the only person in the world who's not had a single <laughs> problem with them. Like, you might be. Literally. I find, like, I actually find them convenient. It's like, well, we actually... You know, there's actually a chain of game stores now that I can go to and usually pretty reliably find the thing I need. Granted, that's less so these days because I'm buying everything digitally or off Amazon. But before then, I actually, like, found them useful. So... Yeah, yeah, I guess I've gotten lucky. I've had, I don't think, don't think I've had really a bad experience with GameStop. Well, I know, I can say I do know what a positive experience with GameStop looks like or, or, or feels like because I've been <laughs> to good GameStops and I've gotten, you know, GameStop people who are cool and just want to sell me the game and then I can go my merry way. But I would say a good 85% of my GameStop experiences have been those awful ones where, like, I go in and I want to buy, like, a non, you know, mature or M-rated AAA game, like a Nintendo game, per- mm-hmm. perhaps, and you'll get those kind of judgy, like, oh, is this for your little brother, your little sister? No, it's for me. Oh, really? You're, you're playing a Nintendo? Yeah, I'm playing a Nintendo game. Or you'll you'll buy, like, a, an anime game, you know, like a like a G- super anime JRPG, like a Tales of game, and you're like, oh, <laughs> what do you want to, you know, do you want to pre-order Battlefield 1? Well, no, I, I'm buying <laughs> Tales of... Graces, like why would it, no? I don't want free order oh, yeah, Battlefield the, One. The, that is okay. I will say that is one of the annoying things. Um, uh-huh. Is whenever you call them up and they have the whole spiel about a game uh-huh. like now available for pre order. It's like yeah. I'm not calling about that game. So, and I did have that thing where I went to go like buy a new game once and they tried to sell me like an uh, like an open game they'd already gutted. And yeah, okay, that that yeah, that is lame. I have I totally no patience that. for yeah. that nonsense. I mean, yeah, none I mean, whatsoever. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll be straight up. Like some of their business. Uh, you know, business practices I've heard about like are bad. They're not great. Just yeah. from my subjective experience, I've had very few issues with them. But I totally agree on that sure. game thing. But I actually have had that a couple of times where I'm yeah. like, wait, I don't want an open copy. I want the original. Well, that's so, why I'm I'm hesitant. I'm like I'm really hoping that when I go to get my physical Secret of Mana copy, <laughs> that it's not <laughs> it hasn't been gutted because yeah, right. I don't trust GameStop now. But uh, <laughs> but hey, you know maybe I'll get lucky and Square Enix will hook us up with a review copy or something and we can get it that way. Is it three players still? I don't know. I I think it's I might just be two player because I don't think that. Oh you know, man, just like the Super Nintendo you know, version or great, Super Nintendo Classic version. There's that's only a great player. question. I need right? to look that up. I I don't know if they've announced that or if it's just two player. But they absolutely should make it three player. I mean, they visit. still have they still have all three characters, right? I feel like it would have yeah. to be three player. It would have to be right. Yeah, you would think. I I hope so. If not, I mean. <laughs> I, I personally am looking forward to that remake quite a bit because I really enjoyed what I played um, at PAX Prime or PAX West last year. And uh, but I have to say, if they remove that three-player support, like why though? Why why would right. they need to do that? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up right now, and I don't see anything about whether they've uh, confirmed that or not. But I am very curious. We'll we'll hopefully we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, wrapping up our little quick. Well, we, it was going to be a quick slate of RPG news, but you did, you uh, wanted to. To comment on on both stories, I'm actually kind of surprised, Andre. Yeah, I know, right? 
But uh, the last story here is really quick, is that the uh, demo of Lost Sphere is now out in the West on PS4 and Switch. So if, you, uh, if you're a big fan of I Am Setsuna or you're you know, interested in seeing the next game from that studio, it's Lost Sphere, and it comes out next month, I believe, and you can play a demo of it right now. So um, yeah, pretty exciting. Sweet. Yeah, and I, the demos. Yeah, and actually, uh, for those of you who are specifically interested in that, keep an eye out because I'm, I think I'm going to be doing a Game & Watch of the Lost Sphere demo uh, now that it's available in English. So, you know, if you're interested in, in taking, a, uh, taking a look at that, keep an eye out. All right. Cool. I even know about that. So this is a hot exclusive. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that about wraps it up for the news we have this week. Um, so we will go ahead and move on to our Patreon topics. And as a reminder, uh, for just $1 a week, you can get early access to uh, each podcast and occasionally other content as well. So, um, And in addition to that, you can suggest topic ideas like the ones we're about to go into right now. So, Andre, you want to start us off? Yeah. So this one comes to us by way of Javante. Uh, oh, <laughs> I think it's Javante. Javante, okay, cool, yeah. I had it right. Yeah, Javante McLeod, okay, why am I bothered trying to pronounce the last name? Jesus. I think you got it, I think you okay, got it. all right. It. Sorry, I, 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 yeah, I'm just terrible with names, so, all right. Hey, Game Explain crew, so I was curious as to what YouTube slash content creators you guys enjoy watching in your spare time, you know, when you're not getting bombarded by Nintendo releases and such. Maybe uh, some that inspired the way Game Explain is today as well. Keep up the awesome work, you guys, love the content, and that we get to hear from you on a weekly basis via the podcast. So I feel like this is probably a topic we've touched on before, but I don't think I've really talked too much about it. Um, so for me, I actually don't watch too many YouTube creators. I just don't have time to. But I have been, uh, I think I've mentioned before, I really like Red Letter Media. Um, I've got, uh, I you know, was turned on to the, or I was, uh, I discovered them with their Star Wars reviews, their prequel reviews, which were amazing, I thought. And I still watch them now for their um, Half in the Bag videos where they just, you know, talk about movies that they saw recently. I, I think they're funny. Um, I don't always agree with their opinions, but I respect them. So sure. it's just a really fun um, YouTube channel for me. Uh, beyond that, I've been addicted to Boundary Break recently. Right? Um, yeah, it's a it's a great channel. Like, And I'm a little bit annoyed because it's such a good idea. It's actually an idea I had <laughs> uh, for a few years now. Not to the same extent he does. Like, He does a great job with it. Yeah. But I always wanted to do a series where... Um, I, I didn't realize they had all those tools out there now where you can, like, move the camera, you know, divorce the camera completely from how the game normally works. But uh-huh. I thought it'd be cool to do, like, a behind-the-scenes type thing where, um, in games, you can, you know, go outside the boundaries, you know, through glitches or whatnot. But he took it to the next level. He does an awesome job. I've just been going through his entire series and, like, watching, um, like, just the crazy stuff you can find in the backgrounds that were either unused or just, it's just interesting to see how to set up the world in ways um, you know, in in the parts you can't see, like oh, that building's just floating out of nowhere because you can't see the ground otherwise. So why would there be ground there? You know, just small details like that. Yeah, I find fascinating. So, no, yeah definitely, yeah, definitely check that out. No, me too. I love stuff like that, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be one of my answers. I love Boundary Break. Uh, she says is the creator. I just absolutely love that series. Love his content, and uh, I, I have enjoyed so many meals just over an episode. Yeah, uh, Boundary I Break. Too. Like, I'll like I'll order food and watch Boundary Break. It's so good, and I just yeah. like and I genuinely learn new things about a lot of games that I played to death that I never would have known otherwise. And it's just like he he answers questions that you wouldn't even necessarily think to ask, like. Uh, he just did a really great episode on Smash Wii U, and he's like, "Hey, on on the, in the Wily Castle stage, the Yellow Devil in the background, did, like, does he actually teleport? You know, onto the stage? Can you watch the teleportation like trajectory, or does he just disappear and then reappear in the stage? And of course, it's the latter. But it's just so cool that like you can get these questions answered by whatever 
tech whiz magic that he does with the with those games cameras. Yeah, absolutely. It's just yeah, it's just really fascinating stuff. Like you'll sometimes see cut content, um, or yeah, just again why they set up the level like they did. Uh, sometimes you'll see stuff that was it, you you could tell like was intended to be viewed but never was. Yeah, like sometimes like the environment art doesn't put more details in. Uh, than they have to because they're not fully aware of how the camera is going to be positioned or they changed how the camera is going to be positioned. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really cool stuff. And I've been watching, so I've I've watched them on and off for the past uh, couple, of, you know, year or two or however long he's been doing it. But I haven't, you know, I missed a ton. So I've gone back to the beginning I've been watching them and it's really interesting too to see his growth personally and how he oh, presents yeah. them. Um, like before it was fun, it was much more casual than it is now. Uh, and I like that. Like it's, it's cool to see the, uh, how he's gotten better at it and also just how by the nature of how similar a lot, of these, a lot of these games are. He's honed in on the more interesting things on a per-game basis instead of showing the same, the same stuff that applies to game to game to game. Because after a while, you can you know you get the idea of how they set up these environments. Like, there's almost always a skybox. You know, there's always yeah. almost stuff floating out of nowhere because you don't need ground. So it's cool that he focuses on the stuff that matters once you, you know, if you follow it all the way through. Yeah, definitely. And I also really like how the kinds of games he covers uh, has expanded over the years, too. Like, not only has his delivery style and just his, he's just gotten better at what he does, but he also doesn't only do Nintendo games now. Like, of course, I always want to watch him do Nintendo games, but it's also cool to see him do games like Uncharted and Portal and, right. you know, other stuff that isn't just in the, you know, Nintendo side of things. Yeah, absolutely. So any other uh, YouTubers you watch? or Yeah, I have a few I can rattle off. I'm a big fan of the Easy Allies. Got to give a shout-out to them. I yeah, think their content's good. fantastic. They always seem to bring a very positive, very just good-feel approach to their game coverage, which I really appreciate. Just a love very positive... Respect. Yeah, love and respect. Very positive and very respectful team over at Easy Allies, and I really think their, their content's great. I especially love their reviews. I think they just do really great content all around. Uh, also, Screw Attack. I always, you know, Screw Attack Top 10s and, and Death Battles, you know, they're... It, it's like I guess you know YouTube junk food almost, but it's they're they're so fun. I just Screw Attack to me has always been a good time. Death battles are usually very well animated, and their top tens are always pretty goofy. So I enjoy you know a good Screw Attack video every now and then, and um, I watch Digino Gaming every once in a while when it, they cover a topic that I like. I feel like they do really good fact checking and, and research, uh, and Video Game Donkey just because he makes me laugh. Nonstop. I a video game donkey gets me every time. I love his stuff. He just cracks me up all the time. So yeah, those are pretty much the uh, other than of course our own well, wonderful content. Those are the other YouTubers I mainly follow. Yeah, one other one I want to give a shout out to is kind of funny. I watch them. Um, they're more casual in their presentation, but I like that. Like it's uh-huh. great. Uh, I don't mean this like as an insult, but it's like great background noise. Like whenever I'm like whenever I'm walking somewhere, I'll just throw on the kind of funny video, and they're. You know, always talking about some topic I find interesting. So uh-huh. yeah, and they're just you know I used to work with some of their some of that crew too. So no, I'm actually glad you brought them up. I think they're great. I, I their stuff is consistently strong and pretty funny. So I no I'm I will totally <laughs> pretty funny on that. kind pretty of funny. Fu- yeah, there we kind go. Of, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, but no, I will totally co-sign on that. I <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah, yeah, they're good stuff. Yeah, uh, it's funny. It's funny that we're answering this question on the week that Derek isn't here because Derek, of the three of us, he's oh, like the no, it's, YouTube fanatic. That's why it's a good thing we're not. We'd be here for hours. And he just <laughs> good point. Goes, just rattles down every YouTuber in existence. Uh, yeah, I'll never forget. Like the, I think the first time he stayed at my place for E3, he came. We were hanging out. He's like, "Hey, so you want to watch YouTube?" And I'm like, 
I mean, I spend a lot of time on YouTube already because, you know, we're YouTubers. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to get caught up on some, on some shows. I'm like, okay, cool, man. And we're just doing our own things. But I was shocked at how many he's like, hey, so this YouTuber and this YouTuber and, and this guy, this YouTuber just did this. I'm like, I have never heard any of these names. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. He's so like, yeah, he, he's so funny because he is, you know, like a YouTuber, but he's also such a big fan of other YouTubers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, great. totally. No, it is great. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Derek's probably like one of the most modest guys I know too. So, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, cool. Well, then we will move on to my topic, uh, which this week comes from Joe, who asks, uh, "Is there a game that you thought had a very good story, gameplay, etc., but had so average or simply bad music?" that it diminished your overall experience with the game, and on the opposite, is there a game that was meh, but you continue to play it simply because the soundtrack was awesome? Uh, edit, I would also like to thank you and congratulate you for the amazing coverage you did uh, for the crazy month of November. So thank you very much for that, Joe. We appreciate it. November was incredibly crazy, uh, to the point where we had to obviously miss a couple of podcasts, so we really do appreciate your understanding and your patience there. And um, yeah, I picked this question uh, not because it's specifically related related to music, although I do have examples of that, but because it kind of reminded me of a game that we're all talking about right now anyway, and that's Breath of the Wild. Um, and I'll get to that in a second, but in terms of the actual music part of it, um, certainly I've had those games. I mean, you could prob- probably point to most of the, you know, a lot of the 3D Sonic games, really. I mean, like games like, <laughs> you know, Sonic Heroes. I didn't think it was a terrible game, but it wasn't a great game. But it had a phenomenal soundtrack that that drove me to complete the whole game. Um, I mean... Uh, Sonic Colors had... Uh, Sonic Colors. Although that game was great was great to begin with. Oh, that's true. I mean, actually, you're right. Yeah, that game was just great all around. Yeah. But, like, even, even games like Sonic Adventure 2 or, hell, even Sonic 2006, which should never be played, that, that soundtrack is so freaking good and i was happy to experience that entire soundtrack as i played through that horrible horrible game so so yeah well, let me piggyback with that real quick uh sonic r like i mean i actually i thoroughly enjoyed that game oh yes. but i'm pretty sure a lot of part a lot of that was due to the music which also by itself isn't like amazing well no it is amazing excuse you sonic no, no, r no, soundtrack I mean... by itself <laughs> is like the best thing ever no i, I don't i love it <laughs> i this might get back actually to the uh, to the uh ironically enjoying conversation earlier uh-huh. maybe i was totally off base on that <laughs> that's true uh, no, I, yeah. no i actually i actually do quite like sonic r's music i think i went a long ways in the enjoying sonic r which i i, mean, I still enjoy from or i did enjoy i don't know if i hold up these days yeah but i enjoyed it from a gameplay perspective but the music definitely helped Oh yeah, totally. And I mean, and that that there are other examples of that too. I know I'm, I'm on the opposite too. Like I remember, I was uh, pretty excited as a big RPG fan, especially back in the PS1 days. You know, FF7 and all that. I was so excited for Legend of Dragoon to come out, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, Legend of Dragoon going to be another really cool multi-disc epic JRPG after Final Fantasy VII. And then I played it, and the music was absolutely terrible. And I, you know, I had associated and still associate RPGs, especially JRPGs, with phenomenal soundtracks. And when Legend Dragoon just had that really crappy soundtrack, I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to keep playing this game. So, yeah, I mean, it does work for me on both sides of the of the fence where great music can help spur me on to complete a game that's otherwise kind of meh or terrible music can kind of turn me off of a game. So uh, I totally hear you there. And uh, But the reason I brought up Breath of the Wild is because... You know, we were already talking about it anyway, and this is a perfect example of that, but I'm going to change the music part to story. And that's why I'm having so much trouble kind of, like, landing on exactly how I feel about Breath of the Wild, because, like, gameplay-wise, it's 
one it's phenomenal it's incredible like there are so many incredible things about it it's so elegant the way that the the physics work in the game it's just all so natural it makes sense i could go on forever about how great breath of the wild is gameplay wise but damn if it doesn't have one of the absolute worst most just like nothing stories of the entire (laughs) zelda franchise and i can't i hate that about it it's like this huge gaping hole in an otherwise fantastic game but i can't reconcile that so and and the reason i answered your question joe is because it makes it very difficult especially as a reviewer like you know when to people who you know actually care about your opinion it's like okay where do you land on a game that does so many things so incredibly right but just has this big gaping hole of something that you can't set aside you know yeah i mean well if you can't if you can't set it aside then you just can't set it aside i mean i agree i think i mean i'm one like i've always been gameplay yeah i've always had like a gameplay first uh mentality but there are times where, you know, that story is important for, like, a greater context. And I felt like that was missing in Breath of the Wild. It often felt like, why am I... It kind of just felt, like, pointless at times. Like, why am I doing all this when, you know, there doesn't seem to be any reason for me to? No one in the world seems to care what I'm doing. <laughs> like, no, yeah. one, no one in that world seems concerned at all about what's going on. Um, so, yeah, there was a lack of urgency. And that lack of urgency does affect my perception of the gameplay. Because it, I don't know, it makes me less inclined to... I don't know. Like, I just... it. it it, with, without stakes, it seems like it doesn't matter as much. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, and I think the genre is important to consider, too. Because, I mean, I, I as well, of course, you know, I default to a gameplay-first approach most of the time. But, you know, the genre we're talking about affects that. If we're talking about RPGs or action RPGs, such as Zelda, I mean, you know, those are known to have a meteor story component. And Zelda, you know, Zelda's not... Zelda can't just pretend like it doesn't do that. Yeah. Zelda has had amazing stories in the past. I mean, The Wind Waker is still one of my very favorite Zelda games because of its fantastic story. And so, you know, there's a certain expectation there for me that Zelda's, you know, Zelda's going to have at least a good story. And I don't think Breath of the Wild has even a good story. It has almost a non-existent story. I mean, and Yeah, and the worst part about it is, I mean, it is, it is pretty much non-existent. It is, it, but it doesn't feel that way when you're starting off. It feels right. like it is building up to something, but it doesn't. It never like, does, yeah. yeah. It completely peters out, and um, that might be why, for the previews for Zelda Breath of, Breath of the Wild, we could only talk up to the first five hours. And if you go back to our previews, like I was like I was pretty glowing back then in regards to the story, or overall, too. But especially in regards to the story, I'm like, oh, it looks like it's building up to something interesting. Like, it has this really... You know, like this darker tone, it seemed like. But then nothing happens. Like, no, that's it. Like, <laughs> it doesn't really go anywhere from there. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, so that was disappointing to me. Yeah, me too. It's just, yeah. Like, and, and that's what it went kind of bringing back things or bringing things back to your question, Joe. Like, I, of course, it depends on the game or the genre, but, you know, sometimes you just get these games where it's like you love them except for this one component that just you can't reconcile. And, now, of course, I really, really like Breath of the Wild anyway, but at the same time, it is, you know, that element of it has remained in my mind as I, we go into Game of the Year discussions and such, where I'm like, I really can't set that aside and kind of ignore that thing I really didn't like about this game that otherwise did everything right. Um, but certainly, I have had plenty of games in the past where specifically the music component will either spur me on or kind of turn me off of a game, uh, you know, that, that otherwise does things competently. Mario Odyssey had a stronger story or narrative than Breath of the Wild. That's did. that is completely true, and that's <laughs> and that is that's saying a lot. I mean, yeah, really. So yeah, but uh, but thank you for that question, Joe. It was very topical, especially for this week when we're, we've already got you know, Breath of the Wild in the brain thanks to the DLC. That's right. 
Um, and we have, of course, one combined topic, as we often do. Uh, and this week, that combined topic comes from Jordan Rosenberg, who asks a very simple but important question. Uh, what do you guys eat for breakfast? Are you more into hot breakfasts like oatmeal, eggs, or oatmeal and eggs, or just a simple bowl of milk and granola? Uh, you want to start us off here, Andre? So I usually don't eat breakfast that much. I often just skip to lunch. But if I am grabbing something quick, it'll usually be like a muffin or something. I love Costco muffins. Nice. So if I can get a hold of those, like either blueberry or uh, chocolate, yeah, that's amazing. Um, I don't do that every day or anywhere close because that would be terrible for your health. Uh-huh. Well, things are like 600 calories like each. Um, but I do, with that said, even though I don't eat breakfast that often, I do love breakfast, especially like I like going to, or brunch, I guess more specifically, uh-huh. but like pancakes and waffles, uh, which is also something you shouldn't do too often, so I don't, <laughs> but when I do, like, I, yeah, I do love, um, getting, you know, getting the works, so, like, you know, pancakes or waffles with eggs over easy and then bacon, oh, that's fantastic, so... I mean, you say you shouldn't eat waffles all the time, but Eleven from Stranger Things eats, she basically has a... a a diet that consists only of waffles, and she's doing fine. So Hold I don't know what you're talking about. Egos? Do those really count? I love egos, <laughs> but do those count as waffles? Uh, I, I guess sorta. Don't they? I mean, you're waffling on this. I guess I am kind of waffling. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say maybe they're awfuls, but then that makes it sound like they're actually bad. And I'm like, no, yeah. because you know, egos are actually good. So yeah, that's true. yeah. But uh, no, at the risk of sounding boring, I mean, or having a boring answer, I actually am pretty much completely in agreement with you, Andre. Breakfast is not a big, or I don't, I should say I don't often eat breakfast. And I'll Mm -hmm. take that a step further by saying I really am not a big breakfast fan. I know you are. So that's where we kind of differ there. But I kind of have a volatile stomach in general. Like I just have stomach issues. So, and the, the time at which my stomach issues tend to rage the most are in the morning. So I try not to eat in the morning just because I feel like it may not settle well with my stomach. But at the same time, I'm also very rarely even hungry in the morning. So if I have anything, it's I, I like to call it the two C's, coffee and carbs. I, you know, I, I have coffee daily. I'm a huge coffee fan. Love coffee. And uh, I'll have like a muffin or a scone sometimes. Obviously, as you were saying, you can't do that every day because it's terrible for you. <laughs> but typically, if I'm eating in the morning, it's, it's going to be a bready like you know bakery-esque item I'm, I'm not a i'm not an eggs and hash browns i do like the occasional waffle i'll admit but oh, you mostly like hash browns i'm just not i do like hash browns like in a vacuum but i'm just i'm never i'm <laughs> Wait, never you, hung- you, you eat breakfast in a vacuum <laughs> yeah in a va- <laughs> well i mean like i like the idea of hash browns and i, I, I would eat hash browns at any other time of day i guess because i like potatoes but i'm just not hungry for rich how do you feel even even mcdonald's well hold on mcdonald's mcdonald's has a year or year round they have uh, all day breakfast now oh don't get me started oh i mcdonald's breakfast is the most disgusting vile nasty nonsense food i have ever had the displeasure of putting in my mouth and how dare you how how could you but my, my wife too she loves mcdonald's breakfast i don't know how you guys do it it's nasty I don't think you have the right to speak as someone who eats in a vacuum. <laughs> I guess. But McGriddles? Really? Egg McMuffins? No, okay. No, I agree. McGriddles, no. They're gross. Um, but like the Egg McMuffin, uh, Hash Browns, um, uh, or even their hotcakes, I like. like they're all uh. decent. I mean, they're, they're not great. They're not amazing. But I think they're pretty good for like fast food breakfast. Like if you need something quick, they're not bad. 
I I guess, but that, but to be fair, that may also have to do with my general distaste for food in the in the morning. Anyway, I yeah, mean, that, I'm that good. But yeah. like I say, they're all day now, so you can get breakfast whenever you oh. want. McDonald's. Well, I guess I better go right. <laughs> just rush out right now and go get right, an yeah, egg muffin. Podcast. Yeah, go get that. Yeah, but I mean, yes, but so I wouldn't be going. You know, I wouldn't be going to like a, an upscale place and getting a really nice breakfast sandwich either. It's just not really my style. I, I do occasionally. I will very occasionally have a breakfast burrito. Um, okay. I, I do like them sometimes, especially if they're like, you know, made the way I like them. But yeah, just in general, I just, I don't have much of an appetite in the morning for anything so, other than coffee. So you don't like breakfast, but how do you feel about brunch? I like eating brunch. I don't like being at brunch because it's always so freaking crowded. Because it can't be in a vacuum. <laughs> because it can't be in a vacuum. See, va- in, in vacuums, you can eat by yourself. You don't have to worry about other people. <laughs> but, um, but no, like, yeah, I, I, I like eating brunch, but I found that like whenever I go to brunch... It's, you know, everybody loves brunch, especially in L.A. Like, brunch is like the hipster thing to do. So yeah. you go to brunch, and they're like, you know, it's like an hour wait at the minimum. And it's it like a million, nuts. bazillion people. And it's like, I don't, no, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm good on that. No, I mean, it's the same thing here usually. Like, at, the, at least with the trendy places, like, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be waiting for at least half an hour, probably longer than that. And it's like, it's already a Sunday morning. So I'm like, okay, well, I could be home playing video games or just well, lounging around or chilling. I don't really want to be... <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say the key thing is to go to brunch early on Sundays, but I'm like, oh, wait, then that's breakfast for you, and you don't like that. Yeah, so. plus, plus that would also presume that I'm, I have any reason to get up that early on a Sunday, and yeah. brunch is not a good enough reason for me to get out of bed before, like, 10 o'clock on a Sunday. I don't know. For me, bottle samosas are pretty compelling. So. Ah, fair enough. That is, yeah, that's, that's a, that is a pretty compelling argument, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, I'm not a big fan of getting up too early either. Like, I mean... Uh, even like even with early flights, like they're cheaper. There's no one at the airport. I'm like, oh, do I really want to wake up like seven a.m. though? No, right. I don't. Yeah, I'll exactly. deal with the people and the extra cost. Oh, how nice for you to say that about yourself. But then when you're <laughs> flying me out, you're like, oh hey, Ashokam, I got you on the five a.m. flight out oh, of God. LA. I'm like, what the? <laughs> to be I, fair, like the, the cost difference we're dealing with there is like sixty bucks versus like a thousand dollars or whatever. I, but that's true. But still, you got my ass getting up at three in the morning for a flight to San Francisco that's like an hour long. Hey, now in my defense, like you're that's not too far from your from what your hours used to be. Granted, they're that's not true. so far these days. That's true, like, yeah. Before you were pulling some weird ass hours. So. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yep. But uh yeah, but that said, I mean I went to Phil's this morning and I would, you know, if I could, I would go to Phil's every day. Do you okay, do you eat breakfast morning. or breakfast type stuff at Phil's? Do they have like their like their avocado toast and I, I will like... occasionally have a Phil's bagel or one of their muffins. Like I like okay, their coffee yeah. cake muffin and their brown sugar muffin. But again, I can't do that every day. So I'll mostly just get coffee and then I'll get like, you know, a bakery item once every few days, I guess. It probably is a good idea because Phil's coffee especially is already a meal in and of itself, kind of. <laughs> exactly. And it's also yeah. a little more expensive too. So it's like, it's probably good that you're not getting, you know, Phil's coffee and Phil's bakery item every day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, that ended up being a much more in-depth question than I was expecting. But, you know, (laughs) food always is great to talk about. So thank you for the uh, question, Jordan. I'm hungry now. I know. Me too. Well, that's good, (laughs) actually, because we are we've reached the end. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we've reached the end of episode 84 for uh, for the Game Explain Real Talk podcast. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And again, uh, I know we missed like two podcasts during the month of November, and we really do truly appreciate your patience. It is never because we just, you know, we're too tired, we just don't care, whatever, they can wait. It literally is just because it's November, you know, where it's, that is the month for video games, and we're just, you know, bending over backwards covering every game imaginable, but uh, suffice to say, we really do appreciate your patience. So anyway... 
This has been episode 84 of the Game Explain Real Talk podcast. Um, so we'll see you guys next week for episode 85, and maybe we'll have all three of us there this time. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.